0: invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events.
1: Measurement can sort of lead you to the place where there's never guarantees. But the idea is that we all have limited resources, time, effort, energy, money to invest in this stuff, to try to make it work. Measurement will sort of dump you at the lever of your marketing machine. It sort of dumps you at that place that says, this is more than likely if you tweak something around this area, this is the thing that's going to move the needle fastest for you.
0: Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Missions to Movements. I am your host, Dana Snyder. And here with me today, I have Chris Mercer. Chris, we are talking about all things measurement and marketing, which is so, so important. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Dana. Yeah, stuff like that's getting more and more important every single day.
0: Yes. And I think something that... So on the show, right, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but I talk a lot about marketing case studies, and there's a lot of creativity in that and innovation. But the really kind of like (laughs) non-sexy but exciting part of marketing is data. And I know if I am like any of the listeners, I love the brainstorm. I love the coming up with the creative concept. I love creating a cool event. But I feel like we don't spend enough time thinking about At the beginning, what are we actually tracking? How are we going to track the right KPIs? Was it worth it, right? Right. Did what we just put all this time and energy into, are we accurately measuring it? So you are the guru in this space. (laughs) Please share a little bit about your background so everybody can meet you.
1: Absolutely. As you said, my name is Chris Mercer. Everybody typically calls me Mercer. I really do go by Mercer because there's always another Chris in the room most times. And our company is called measurementmarketing.io. So it's our job to help marketers, marketing teams and agencies essentially start to measure so they know what's working, what's not, and what actions they can take next. And I think going back to your point, like it is the basics of measurement that gets skipped, which is why it becomes so confusing because I think people jump into the world of data too fast, and they're doing it unarmed. Like they're not going in for a specific purpose. They're just sort of like wanting to see what the numbers are, but they're not yeah. even sure what numbers they should be looking at, or what the numbers, should, to your point, what they should have been. And so they end up getting overloaded with a bunch of data tables, right? Whether that's a spreadsheet or something like Google Analytics four, or just Facebook Ads Manager, it gives them all these numbers, and then like, great, well, what do we do with that? I have no idea. And that's where people come to us They try to figure that out. But I think to your point, it is because they've skipped this planning stage, this thinking about it stage. So the way to sort of help people wrap their mindset around this is is kind of why do we measure in the first place? The way that we think about it, just like you and I are having a conversation, right? I'm going to say certain things and you're listening and then you're going to adjust what you say. And then vice versa, I'm doing the same thing for you. This is a normal human behavior. But digitally, I think most marketers forget that. And they don't realize that there is still a conversation happening, except this time it's between the user and the website. And if they're not understanding the user side of the conversation, Mm -hmm. how could they ever respond? How could they ever improve that conversation? And that's the beauty of measurement. Measurement is how we understand. It's how we listen in on the user side of the conversation. And we can tell that based upon how they're interacting with the site, how they're going through those different user journeys, or if it's a nonprofit, maybe a donor journey or some volunteer journey. And you're trying to figure out, like, is this the conversation that the website is supposed to be having with the user? And are they going the way we want them to go? Or is it going south really fast? And we don't know that, so we don't know to fix that, right? That's the sort of thing. So that's kind of the big overall thing is like measurement's all about listening to the conversation. And that's how we sort of integrate it first into companies. Once they understand why they measure, then it becomes a little bit easier to put into strategy and, and move into that planning process.
0: Absolutely. And I think, Kenny, you nailed it, was also interpreting the data and the measurement. So right, you're looking at all of these different graphs. I just had an organization send me well, here's our audience and here's our reach. And I was like, Oh, cool okay. <laughs> well,
1: insights. Right.
0: Yeah. right?" It's like we share these things at board meetings or in staff meetings, but what's the greater story that that's actually telling us when we're looking to drive ideally towards a business goal? So I wanted to ask you, I love asking very tactical questions for the listeners on this show. And most of the audience are nonprofits. So if we're thinking about setting up, and let's think about it in a donor queue. Mm -hmm. If we're trying to think about a proper measurement funnel for nonprofits, thinking about somebody going to our website, where would you start?
1: So I would start with the plan. I wouldn't even worry about the tools. I wouldn't worry about anything yet. I would list three columns out. And this is whether it's on a spreadsheet, piece of paper, a whiteboard, a napkin, doesn't matter. Three columns, sort of write them down. First column, list out all the questions that you want to be able to answer about this journey. Every step of that journey. So it might be, well, how many people were even arrived to the page where we asked them to donate? How many of those actually ended up clicking to interact with that particular journey? Maybe going to the, you know, the donation cart, so to speak, to actually start that donate and how many actually finished, right? Just kind of use a simple example of that. So you write down all the questions you're trying to answer. Then you're going to think about that middle column, which is what information do we need to collect in order to answer those questions, right? So for question one, it might be, well, how many people are going to the page where they can even donate? Like, how many people are we asking to donate today? Well, that's going to be, well, we've got these five different pages, or maybe there's just one page that we have where we ask for that. Okay, when they arrive, the number of users that are on that URL, that's how we're going to answer how many people are we asking to donate today, right? So that's an example of kind of connecting the dots between question and information. And then this is the third column. This is the most important part. The other two are necessary, so they're not optional. You still have to do them. But the third one is the one that people skip. And this is what causes those problems that you mentioned about not being able to interpret and try to pull insights and everything else. And you think about the actions you're going to take based upon the answers you are about to get. But you do this, you role-play this, before you even start to set up your measurement, before you dive into that spreadsheet to go see what the number is, before you open up a tool like GA4 to go mm-hmm. see what the answer is, you think about what am I going to do? And it has to be in a specific three ways. One, what am I going to do when the answer is lower than what I think it's going to be? Two, what if I going to do if the answer is substantially higher than what I think it's supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And three, what are we going to do if the answer is exactly in range? Because the answer is always typically in range. So for example, we go back to that question. How many people are we asking to donate, Maybe that's the problem. We're not asking enough people to donate. So we want to measure that. Well, we should be asking between, based upon our traffic and whatever else. Maybe we expect between 100 and 150 a day that are going to that page that we're asking. Okay, we're going to collect the page views. That's how we're going to know. So if we know it's between 100 and 150 is the sweet spot, what will we do if the answer is lower than 100? So then you start going, well, I don't know, we'd have to break it down by traffic source as an example. Maybe there's a certain mm-hmm. traffic source that was working that's not. Maybe our social media is not working. Maybe all everything's working except for a certain traffic source. How would we know that? But when we did that, when you think about the actions, this is why the action step so important, we just changed the question. Because now we're not saying we just want to know how many people are we asking. We want to know how many people are we asking broken down by traffic source, yes. which means now we need to collect the traffic source in addition to the number of page views, right? And there's certain ways to do this in measurement. Now we can actually
0: take our action
1: and say, oh, well, if it's low, we're gonna break it down by traffic source, and then we're gonna go fix the traffic source when we find that, right?
0: If there's a and quick thing. note, because this is so on point to what I just talked about in episode 77, I literally break down, specific to social media in GA4, what Mercer is talking about on how to do this. I tell you in episode 77, I tell you how to figure out. Which social media channels are generating the most traffic for your website? So if you are a step-by-step tactical person, go back, listen to episode 77, and it's going to tell you how to do this. And I think this is so important to be able it to is. go through these tools and use them properly. So, sorry, continue. I just want no, to- No, that's, that's exactly,
1: I'm glad you mentioned it because it, it's a perfect segue, right? With, with connecting the dots between the two. So we have the lower, but what about if it's higher? What if it ends up being, you know, 150 or 500 all of a sudden we get? you're probably going to be the same actions in that case. Like, well, let's go figure out where that additional traffic's coming from. That was unexpected, right? So maybe somebody started sharing our behalf or maybe one of those posts went viral hopefully in a good way, right? That sort of thing. And then there's the middle. What are we going to do if it's in the range? Okay, well, we're going to continue to maybe add to budget. Or if we're nonprofits, maybe we don't have a budget for paid ads as much as we would want. Maybe it's okay. We know our organic social Facebook group is doing pretty well compared to the LinkedIn group. Maybe we we're trying. We know then, okay, let's double down on Facebook and do more yep. and Facebook, right? Or pick Absolutely. up the, the new social media, maybe threads or whatever else is, you know, at the current moment that we can start to focus on. But that whole process, what we call Kia, is the measurement planning. That's how you do your measurement planning. So we think about the questions we're going to answer. We list out all the information we need to collect in order to measure, to actually get answers to those. And then we think about, again, greater than, if it's lower, answers lower than, if the answer is higher than, if the answer is just right, you think about what actions are we going to take. So that action step, the reason that is so important, one, it forces you to ask better questions. Two, it forces you to throw out questions that are poor questions. And I'll give you an example of that. We had somebody, we were training and they were like, well, we want to know what email, what paragraph of every email, keep in mind, thousands of, tens of thousands of emails in their system that they have. They wanted to know what paragraph people were clicking on. Was it the first paragraph, the second paragraph, third paragraph? All the emails were different, right? So there was a randomness to this. So I asked them, I said, okay, let's go to the action step. They they knew how they were going to collect it. And I said, okay, because it's possible to do that. But I said, well, let me ask you a question. In six months, you're looking at a report and Google Analytics tells you, paragraph number three is amazing. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. And they were just like, oh, actually made up of no idea. It's like, exactly. There is no action. Right. It's a bad question. So they just avoided all that work because right. they want the actions. That What everybody else does is they put all the work in, they create these reports that nobody can use because they weren't particularly useful, but they right. eliminated that by just thinking, what actions can we take? If a question, specifically an answer to a question, does not lead to a natural action. What I mean, obvious, natural action. You do not need to ask that question. Now, there could be like, I'm not sure what I need to do. I need to go learn it. I need to figure something out. That's different. That's a training issue. But if it's like, gee, I didn't even know what we would do with that. we well, right. you're collecting information for information's sake, you're collecting data just to collect the data. And a lot of people convince themselves that that's okay. Because like, well, we're not asking questions about it now, but we might. So we're going to have to collect it. The yep. problem with that is you're not collecting it to actually be used. Right. Because right? we determine how right. we use it in the plan. So it's not being collected to answer any specific questions. So it's a bunch of ripped up pieces of data. You can't recall it. You can't bring it up in report easily.
0: Something the very interesting, I think, with that email question, and that I think this opens up our mind to the data elements that we can pull. So what Mercer's talking about, you could have a trackable link right in that third yep. paragraph and you could see if that's clicked on the most. I was just actually talking with a colleague of mine where her PS. At the very end of the email, the PS and then a link. That is the most common, which is telling her not a lot of people are reading the body in the email. Right. They
1: go to the bottom, they, they're trained to look for that PS link. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
0: And so that yep. she knows now, okay, this is where I'm going to put like my richest stuff is yeah. in the PS link. So that's an interesting test. So there's so many ways to break down data, but I think the big picture here is it will help you, listener. Data will help you. Figure out where to spend your time, your money, and your resources.
1: It will tell you what to do next. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it eliminates a lot of drama when it's used properly, right? Going back to something you said about interpreting, right? Because a lot of people come to us and they'll say, well, we just want to learn how to analyze our reports. And my first response to them is your reports are too complicated then. Why do you need analysis? You shouldn't have to analyze anything. Nothing should need interpretation. That's the point. And people get confused over that because like, that makes no sense. GA4 looks like the matrix to me, right? I need to figure out, the mission then becomes, I have to figure out how to decode the matrix to get my marketing superpowers that it's going to give me if I do that. That's a fallacy, it doesn't exist. What's happened instead is that these reports have collected a bunch of data. It's, again, it's not organized in a particular way. So that's why it looks like the matrix. It is confusing. It's going to be, and I'll give you an example of that. If I give you a Goldilocks and Three Bears, like as a kid's book, you could probably read that to me just fine if i take that book out i rip up those pages take them all out rip them up into pieces shove them all between the covers and give you the book could you read the book no you could you could but that's what people think right this is why when people say i'm not a numbers person i'm like okay let's go through this you are (laughs) i didn't change your ability to read but you just told me you couldn't read me the book you totally can because I didn't right. change your ability to read, right? Just like numbers people and non-numbers people, we all know one plus one equals two. You're a numbers person if you know that, done. Yeah. Stop telling yourself that story, right? That's not true. And it's not a particularly useful belief. If you know one plus one, you're fine. That's all you need. Then the rest of it is how you organize it. So if I give you that ripped up book, mm. you have to dump it out Yep. You got to spread it all out and you're gonna have to jigsaw it. Try to put the pieces together. Some of them are gonna get blown away by the fan, some are gonna fall behind the desk. (laughs) And then you gotta make up stuff because you can't find them. So you're like, I don't know, and then something in here, and then they did this, and you make up stories. This is what GA4 data in general is for most organizations. It hasn't been collected, put together. It's been collected in individual bits of ripped up pieces of data, not stitched together in the in the puzzle that it wants to be. So of course. Of course, it's going to be hard for you to pull insights to take action from your measurement systems, whatever you use, whether it's Google Analytics for anything else. Of course, it's going to be. Here's a surprise. It will be for me too. You can't give me your thing and have me pull anything useful out of it because it wasn't set up properly, right? right? That's not to say that I don't know different things about the reports. It might be able to pull something, but that's not the point. The point is you want the tool to just by you seeing it, you know what to do next. And this is where people go like, there's no way, Mercer, like this GA4 stuff is so complicated. Numbers, I need to analyze. I need to think about it. So let me ask you a question. You're driving your car. You look at your dashboard. You see how fast you're going. Immediately, immediately, you know, do I hit the gas or hit the brake? Right. Immediately. Just the fact you knew the number, you already knew the action to take, right? That's how measurement should be. That's how it can be if you set it up properly. It's just most organizations haven't thought about it in that way. So they set it up like everybody else around them is. But remember, they're taking their lead from everybody else that also doesn't know how to do it. Yes. And everyone is always just comparing to each other, going, do you have this problem? They're like, yeah, we have this problem too. And now it's social proof in reverse. It's not helping elevate, it's helping keep everybody down. Because everyone goes, well, so true. no one seems to have figured it out. So I guess I'll just keep focusing on the next new funnel or the next new whatever. And they leave it alone thinking this is just how it is. And it's just not true.
0: In specifics to GA4, just so we mm-hmm. can understand, what are the types of questions we could look to answer? when we do have reports built out in the right way. There
1: are only ever two types of questions. So it's challenging to say, like, to listen detail, because there's tens of thousands of questions you
0: could ask that tool. Yeah.
1: But there are really only ever two types of questions. Because I think people get caught up in that too. Like, am I asking the right questions? So Mm. they Google it, right? What questions should a nonprofit be asking? And then you get a million blog posts that all say something like, here's the seven questions to do, or the 11 questions to never ask. And that just confuses everybody else. Your questions should be something for you, not what I asked. Even if I had a nonprofit, my questions don't have to be your questions, right? I'm asking questions for my nonprofit, my user journeys. So the way we think about it is there's only ever two types. There's results questions, and then there's how questions. The results questions are the ones that most people ask on their own. And when I say results questions, I mean the result of the end of a user journey, right? Mm-hmm. So that, again, that donor journey, the volunteer journey, the brand journey for the nonprofit, whatever the journey is that you want your users to go through. What's the result of that journey? How many of X are we getting? Are we getting, how many donations did we get? What's the average donation? To do give yep. you some examples? That sort of thing. End results. People, for the most part, measure that sort of natively, intuitively. What they forget is those how questions, right? We need to have those how questions. So how did that happen? Well, how many people had donated? What did they do right before that? Well, they had to go to the cart, that exchange system right. for the currency exchange. Well, they had to go there. Okay, well, then how many did that? Great. How did they get to the cart? Well, they had to go from the donation page. So, okay, let's how many showed up there. And then how many showed up? How did they get there? And you start realizing now you understand the journey, right? Which again, this is just the conversation that the website or that particular user journey is having with the user. And when we measure for that, right? We're asking questions around it. We measure for it. We can start to understand where the drop-off is. So if somebody's not going from like, maybe donations are low, but are they low? Because everyone's giving $5 donations when you thought they would give 50. Or are they low because no one's even trying to donate donations? so they're not even going to the cart? Or are they low because the cart broke? And right. for some reason, Discover Card isn't taken anymore and, it, and it, something broke in the technical side. Well, you can't answer those questions if you aren't measuring for that sort of drop-off, right? And yeah. you would see a bunch of people going to the cart, but not making it through and be like, well, that's new, that's different, that didn't happen before. Now we at least know where to focus. And that's the idea that measurement can sort of lead you to the place where there's never guarantees, but the idea is that we all have limited resources, time, effort, energy, money, to invest in this stuff, to try to make it work. Measurement will sort of dump you at the lever of your marketing machine. It sort of dumps you at that place that says, this is more than likely, if we tweak something around this area, this is the thing that's gonna move the needle fastest for
0: you. This is what I talk about a lot in comparison with GA4 to social ads. So if you're running a paid social ad campaign, I hear all the time, my Facebook ads don't work. And say, well, if we look at the data, is your ad not working? Or if you're sending people off Facebook, is your landing page or your conversion form not working? And so, right, that's a quick look at data to say, okay, what's our click-through rate? If you're getting a really high click-through rate, your ad is working. It's doing its job. It's getting people to click on it. The ad is it's sending the lady.
1: eyeballs over, right? It's just that the landing page doesn't match the expectation probably, exactly. right? That's Exactly. Exactly.
0: So same thing. You can figure out this information. I think, listener, if you have not done this on at least a quarterly basis, monthly basis to go into GA4 now to look at this journey, to see what's possible. And I want to ask you, Mercer, what is built into GA4 when we're talking about this kind of journey process versus what do we need to have customly done?
1: Great question. So The way that Google Analytics 4 works, it kind of has three levels to it. It's kind of how we think about it. This first level is what they call the automatic behaviors, right? What they call automatic events. So this tool, just sort of turning it on and activating it, it'll start recording things like which pages did they see, which URLs are loading. It'll tell you if they left your site and what click that they left to go to some other site. It'll tell you if they are interacting with your forms, if you might have those on your site. Anybody uses YouTube that's embedded videos, it'll start recording that sort of behavior. Maybe you got a YouTube on your blog or about an organization video that you want to see if people are interacting with. So it does a lot of those sort of behaviors on its own. But those are also generic to any website in the world ever. All websites have these behaviors, which is why they're automatic. It knows that every website has that. So it can record those. The next level up are what they call these recommended events. And this does require a little bit of know-how to use the platform. But the idea is that the recommended events are more for your business model. Google doesn't know what your business model is. So some are e-commerce stores, some are more direct response, right? A nonprofit can be both in e-commerce. They can have e-commerce with swag and things like that. And they they might have more of a direct response donor funnel that's more like stage one, steps two, step three, Mm -hmm. you know, type of thing. So then you set it up for that. And that might be like setting up the e-commerce as an example, right? Because not all businesses have e-commerce. Some are just content marketing that are sending people for affiliate sites. They don't use e-commerce. So you would set that up. And then there's this highest level. And this is the biggest mistake I've seen specifically by taking advantage of Google Analytics 4 where people are missing out. And that is what they call custom events. So the custom event is literally you just typing in what the name is and saying like, for example, I might say, ask to donate. I would call that ask to donate event. Then I would have, you know, started to donate. And that might be my cart. When they see the cart, I say that event happens and then donated would be that final step. And Mm -hmm. you can make a little funnel. Out of just using your language that you already use as a brand. And that's how we sort of think about that. Those custom events are your brand language. So it won't make any sense at all to me because I don't know your brand. Right. But if you, if I'm part of your team, I'll totally understand because now all of a sudden Google Analytics 4 is speaking the same language as the rest of the team finally. Whereas the older versions of analytics could never do that. You're always looking at page URLs. And that's why everyone's kind of still kind of stuck on thinking that's how they have to do it. But you really don't. This platform will tell you a story, but you got to—you sort of have to set it up to do that. Love that. But again, automatically, it will at least pull the page for you. So if you do know your URLs, you could pull that up. And it yeah. builds funnels. There's a whole, what they call funnel report that's in the section of Google Analytics 4 called the Explore section because you get to explore the user journeys. And you can <laughs> build a little funnel and say, I want to see people that were on this page and then went to this page and then went to this page. So you can see where that drop-off is. It's pretty quick to build something like that. And that's where you get your insights, right? People always wonder, where do I get the insights from? And obviously, I don't think insights are particularly useful. Actions are useful. So I always try to reference it as actions. But that's where you see your actions. And it's to your point. What you do naturally, which is great, because a lot of companies don't do this, is you're already thinking, how is this supposed to work? Right. And now, when you look at your numbers, you're measuring against, you know, oh, well, we thought 80% of the people would donate that started but it turns out only 5% of the people are donating. Maybe that's more realistic, right? Or maybe that's a sign that something's not working. But either way, you see that mismatch. You go, okay, let's go figure out what's going on. How come we're not hitting what we expected it to do? And that's what a tool that Google Analytics can do.
0: If you're hearing Mercer and you're just like, "What in the world? Where am I supposed to start?" A, this is why companies like Mercer's exist to help you break this down. And this is something where, and I'll be honest too, I am hiring out to have somebody set up my GA4 custom events, everything for me. I know where my skill set lies. Could I spend time searching on YouTube? Sure, but it is way better to hire <laughs> professionals to get it set up right. I always say, you know where your time is best spent. If this is going to take me, which it would, if this is going to take me like 15 hours to figure out where it could take somebody else an hour, yeah. it's way smarter to do that. So this is something that I do find. And we're, we're talking specifics right now about GA4 and website measurement. And that is so crucial. I believe your website is your home base for all things. Social traffic, emails, everything you're sending to your website as your hub, right? It's I call it like your storefront. It's where most people find a first impression about who you are and what you do. But if you don't have the data properly set up, then what's the point? You can't actually create a proper social media strategy if you don't have this information set up. So as this episode goes out, this is a perfect time before the craziness of end of year. Giving Tuesday, your websites are about to skyrocket with website traffic. You're not gonna want to miss being able to have this measurement setup and being able to go through like that three-step process that you talked about. And I think it's actually interesting. You should set this up now because you're going to want time to take those actions with the insights that you have now so that your site can be more properly set up and efficient when it comes time for end of your giving. That's that exactly is exactly right. The end yeah. of my soapbox like, on
1: I love it hiring
0: out for something like this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's because measurement really is a department now. It's not a project it anymore. It changes too often. The text too different now. It's not like the old days, right? The internet is just a lot more complex with Internet yeah. of Things and everything else going on. So measurement is too. But the one caveat I would say is focus on the strategy because a lot of organizations, even if you hire out somebody, if you don't understand measurement. Yes. Yes. you aren't going to get a good result, right? You're going to get your, your account, quote unquote, set up. Then you're going to get in there and be like, I have no idea what this means. Yes. Because you don't understand measurement, right? And so obviously not you individual, but that's the listener, right? So when the, a lot of people will jump into the tools and again, this is not their faults because all the tools are telling them that they can save everything. So people buy the tools thinking it's going to be the saving grace, push button, simple, easy program. But what's happening is the tools are dictating their strategies. Mm. The tools are dictating what they can or cannot do with the tool. And that's a problem. So instead, you come up with a strategy first, the strategy should dictate which tool you use and how you use the tool. So you need that measurement strategy. And that plan part that we talked about is kind of the first step of a good strategy, but then you have to build it in a certain way. And then you have to use your measurement in a very unique, certain way. Because when you do that, that's what jumps you out at that spot. Those three things together is what puts you at that spot where you're like, oh, this is the part you should optimize. This is the part that's not quite working the way it should be. And here's some stuff that you might want to do. And it sort of just gives you those answers. And then it goes to the creative marketer and you'd be like, I want to change the headline or the offer or the price or whatever. Right. Right. And that's sort of how that whole thing works. Strategy first. And even if you're hiring somebody, especially if you're hiring somebody, you got to have that strategy the vendor, whoever you work with, us or whoever else, doesn't matter. If that vendor doesn't have a proper strategy, they're just there to set it up. Right. You're still going to get a bunch of data, but not in a way that's organized for action.
0: And usable for you. Yeah. Exactly right. Awesome. Yeah. I do want to ask you about some fun tools and platforms. When it comes to measuring, this can be, it doesn't have to be a website, it can be social. Are there tools that you are fond of that you think do a good job when it does come to measuring digital marketing efforts?
1: I think the one of the most underutilized tools, a people aren't taking advantage of Google Analytics for yet. And that's just because it's so new. So that'll, that'll come with time. But the tool that I think people don't talk enough about, and especially for nonprofits, it, it would be crazy to not use this tool. It's called Microsoft Clarity. Ooh. So Microsoft Clarity. This is Microsoft's answer to analytics. And it's just at clarity.microsoft.com completely free. And what it does, those of you that might be, maybe listeners familiar with Crazy Egg or Hotjar or Lucky Orange or Mouse Flow, these things are, you know, recording the heat maps and the yep. scroll maps and where they're clicking and what they're, you know, doing video recordings, right? Well, this tool, because this is from Microsoft, is 100% GDPR compliant. It's all anonymized. They do an incredible job of that because they're Microsoft. It is completely free. It does all of that. And my favorite part about it is you just put the code on the page. It requires practically no setup. It's not like GA4. GA4 requires setup because it is so advanced. This is a little more general, but incredibly useful. Put the code on the page. It'll just record all the pages. So when you're like, oh, what's going on with the cart? Our donations are down. It seems like not enough people are going from the cart to the to making it to the success page anymore. What's going on? Well, you can go to the recordings and you can watch them all and you can see how people are going through, maybe having a problem getting through the form. And it'll just be there because it's happening in the background. Whereas tools like Hotjar, you have to say, I want a recording of this page. And if you forget right. to do that ahead of time, you're out of luck. Microsoft just has it there, which is cool. The second thing that's a little pro for clarity is now they've integrated Chat GPT. So uh-huh. now you can go in there and you can say, tell me what's going on here. And it'll take that video and it'll tell you a story. Oh, the user looks like they came in from after searching for this on Google. Then they came in. Looks like they had some challenges when they were trying to do this, this and that. Consider Amazing. maybe trying. It, and it's like... Exactly. So that's why I like what they're doing. Like they're on the cutting edge of, of really like everybody will. Don't get me wrong. GA4 is going to have it. There won't be anything without AI in like within a couple of years for sure. Yeah. But that idea of clarity being it's an underutilized tool. It is completely perfect from a budget perspective for a nonprofit because it's free and there is no paid plan. You just get it all. That's and amazing. it is made for more marketers. And so and this is my third little pro for them because they really did a great job. I met one of the guys that worked on the team. It's amazing. So I was so happy with this product. They will send you an email that'll digest. And it's like every week, right? So it's not in the way too much. And it'll say things like, oh, we're 24% of your things are rage clicks. Like, what's a rage click? Rage well, click. a rage click is when they're clicking on the button, trying to, they think it's supposed to be doing something, oh. but it's not. So it's then it says, well, would you like to go see the rage click pages? Would you like to watch those videos? We're like, yes, I would. So it, it does a, a substantially better job of helping you to see this stuff, and it's very visual, so there's not a lot of data tables back. That's not what its job is. It's not. It doesn't do measurement the same way that GA four does, right? It's a very different way of measuring. It's what they call qualitative, which really. basically just means like pictures, right? That's that's the idea. Instead of a bunch of numbers, you're seeing pictures. You're seeing the those heat maps that show where the click charts are. Which such a good else.
0: story if the two of them are it's combined so, together.
1: Yes, absolutely right, and and that's exactly. Ultimately, you do get both. But for people that are sort of easing into measurement, I would start with Clarity. Because it is intuitively more, a lot simpler, completely on budget. And they do a good job of intuitive, speaking the marketer's language, not a data analyst language, right? Because that's—it's not it. a tool for a data analyst. It's a tool for the marketer to understand the behaviors that are happening on the page, and are they the behaviors we want? In other words, is it the conversation that we want that particular step of the user journey to have with the user? And if not, then I am how do to we? I'm totally it.
0: about to go put this on my website.
1: It's a cool tool. <laughs> it's a cool tool. Highly that's recommend. It. We use it
0: ourselves. Yeah, it's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. I hope, listener, if this has got you excited. About which I hope it has to be able to answer some very cool questions and hopefully take some actions that can lead towards a positive change in your digital marketing. I just want to be able to know real quick before we get to my last couple of questions for Mercer is to connect with Mercer, you can go to measurementmarketing.io backslash missions. There's a free strategy course and amazing tools there. So again, measurementmarketing.io backslash missions with an S.
1: I think forward slash technically.
0: Forward slash, sorry. I always yep, think That's
1: backwards. right. I, I've done the same thing for years. <laughs> I was doing that. I was like, I, d- I remember like, is it falling back or is it falling forward?
0: Why is that something that is always just said, but it's never actually backwards? That's such a good point. Wow. 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 Learn something new. And, know, and I, will, guys. I will
1: say like that strategy course is not like, I'm a big believer in you give away the stuff that's the most valuable in terms of that will change how you think about the world specifically mm. to measurement, but hopefully in other ways. But the idea is that it's about a three and a half hour course. It's a substantial course, but it just teaches you measurement strategy, how to think about it, how to use it in relation to different tools. Sure, but it's not a tool training. It, it doesn't matter. It's if you understand the strategy, no matter what tool you're using, you're going to get more from it. Even if it's a free tool like Microsoft Clarity, you could use it for that. Cool. But that strategy course is definitely recommended for anybody that really wants to understand measurement and how to better do it.
0: Yep. Worth your time. Amazing. Mercer, I want to know, We always like to ask, what are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to when it comes to your own professional development?
1: I literally have my little podcast all pulled up here because I was waiting for this. (laughs) I've got a, I mean, 30, 40 of them. I'm a big podcast listener. So I do bounce around a little bit, but I'll tell you from the business standpoint, I like Scott Galloway does a lot of good stuff. It's called the Prof G Pod. It's a really good business acumen. And he's like an older guy that has done quite well in business and he's sort of really dedicated himself to helping the younger generations to pull themselves up and to cool. sort of make business an easier game to win. Right. And he's got some, it's called the Prof G pod is his main podcast. Okay. Love that one from a business standpoint, I guess from a marketing standpoint, perpetual traffic is really good for anybody trying cool. to learn about marketing in general. That used to be by digital marketer and it was recently taken over by the guys that run perpetual traffic. So they now own that, which has been really good. And then I will do another one that I, I'm just as a, slightly different, but I like the mindset of psychology because I think so much of that is with marketing anyway and understanding psychology, human behavior. And there's a really, really good podcast called Hidden Brain that is phenomenal for that. They go in deep dives, like Robert Cialdini, who wrote The Influence, right? The marketing influence book and the seven ways to influence people. They did a two-part series where they were interviewing him. And I'll tell you, I've read that book for years. And when I heard that, the way he was interviewing him popped out more stuff of how Robert Chavity thinks about it. And it was not in the book. And it was like, this is a podcast for me. And there's a lot of psychological stuff of how people move and what motivates them. And all of that is very useful from a marketing standpoint. And I like that it's not for marketers. That's not why they're doing it. It's for people that like psychology. But that's the point is you get to experience and learn from this other group and you can apply it to your own craft in a different way. So those would be my three that I recommend. Prof G, having perpetual traffic for the business standpoint, and then having hidden brain for the psychological standpoint.
0: Fascinating. I love it. I'm going to go subscribe. I just wrote down all of them.
1: (laughs) I, I will say, oh, this is a shameless plug, but business operations, we just started, I should have said this in the first place, Business Unfiltered is my podcast. That I do with a guy named Jeff Sauer who runs uh, Profit Pillars. Yeah. So we are just, we're early days getting into it. We are nowhere near as successful as you are with yours. I'll get out of here.
0: It's so fun. It's honestly one of my favorite things to do is I selfishly get to learn so much from listening to experts like yourself. And I get to selfishly put together the questions of what I want to (laughs) know. Oh,
1: that's perfect. I love
0: that. It's so fun. You get to connect with people all over the world. And listeners, I hope you find this useful. If you do, I always like to ask, drop a review DM me on LinkedIn, let me know what you want to learn about. And I try and come up with really creative topics that are going to be useful to everybody. And what I always like to end on is a section that I call ask and support. So what is one thing that listeners can help you or provide you with support on? And maybe it's what you just said in going and subscribing to your podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that, that would be a good one right now. So if you go to businessunfiltered.fm, I think is where the domain is, but just looking up Business Unfiltered as a podcast and you'll see my happy face on there along with Jeff Sauer. But that would be a good one just to kind of, you know, it is such early days in that podcast and subscribing, listening to to a few episodes, any feedback you have on that would be outstanding because it is so early. But the whole idea was just to talk about the business of running a business and the organization. How do you manage a team? And and just have a, a couple of people coming at it from different perspectives because Jeff and I are both in very different worlds, we have some aspects that are the same and some that are very different, and we think about the world differently. And you know, sometimes we'll, we'll be talking about a topic, and I realize how badly I've screwed up stuff. You know, because <laughs> he has such great ideas, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta. I'm taking notes, man. Like you're teaching me. <laughs> and sometimes it's the opposite. And what we're hoping is that it, as we are helping each other with that, that there's others that are there that can also get that. So, but any feedback people have on that would be great.
0: Amazing. If people want to get their GA4 set up. To figure out custom reports, can they go to your team for that?
1: Of course, yeah. We definitely we have do-it-yourself level training for the what we call the Measurement Marketing Academy that we've got for anybody who wants to learn this stuff. We have done with you services, we have done for you services, depending where you want to go. And I was mentioning earlier, we also have you and I are talking MelfMind about, about Next After, which is a great agency. We have the Next After Institute that they specifically work with nonprofits, and there's actually a course that we've produced for them around Google Analytics for for nonprofits. So that's something that you can get in next afters training as well. So I, I would love it if you do a business with my company, don't get me wrong, but the mission is to make sure that people know measurement because when they understand measurement, they understand critical thinking. They understand how to you know improve the world and get their messaging out. And that's however you need to do that, however we can help. That's what we're here for.
0: Beautiful. Marissa, you rock. Thank you for what you do and for being here with us today and sharing all your brilliance. Appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Can you tell I love talking all things digital? To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories and tag Positive Equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.